From True Africa, I'm Claude Wienitzki, and this is Limitless. In this episode, we're talking about tech startups in Africa. When you drop opportunities to earn, and when you drop innovations, Africans are happy to leapfrog and source new opportunities. For a continent that is wide, it is still very nascent, uh, and it's not providing uh, meaningful job creation. We need to push those innovators to solve the problem of our agriculture, because if you take the rest of the continent, Europe and America, they force base the industrialization on agriculture. Welcome to Limitless, the podcast that asks the questions that matter for Africa. We're looking for African solutions to African problems. In each episode, we're asking three guests one question that matters to Africans. And, no surprise, they don't always agree. The Limitless podcast is supported by the U.S. Department of State and the Scenefire Foundation. Andela, Jumia, Flutterwave... These are just a few of the African tech startups now worth over a billion U.S. dollars. Foreign money is flowing in. Some people are getting rich. But here's the question. Can tech startups solve Africa's unemployment problem? First up is Maya Horgan Famodu, a young American-Nigerian venture capitalist originally from Minnesota in the U.S. I first met Maya when she was in her early 20s and had just arrived in Lagos. She was inviting Silicon Valley investors to Lagos to discover the tech scene. Seven years later, Maya has a VC firm called Ingressive Capital. She's invested in some of the biggest startups in Africa. She started by discussing Andela, a Nigeria-based startup which trains software developers across Africa. Mark Zuckerberg was an early investor, and it's now worth 1.5 billion US dollars. So, Maya, are startups creating jobs across Africa? Yeah, I mean, look at it purely by the numbers. I mean, one, I think Andela had a major influence in and so we're not even we're not exclusively just talking about employing people, but we're talking about ensuring that people are properly compensated and getting Nigerian technical talent or Nigerian youth at internationally compensated rates. And I think Andela was definitely a pioneer in that as well as this increased allocation of foreign and local capital to the tech space such that African developers, designers, technical talent at large are getting compensated for the real value that they are actually creating and and um i it's been initially it was it was problematic in that you know andela was providing a top tier developers access to um international job opportunities and that was kind of pricing top tier developers out of um local startups market but now i think there was a we, we saw that a major push into also compensating with ownership and equity which is something that hasn't been historical um in or we haven't seen a lot of that historically in African startups and and I think it's only been the increased competition as far as on the employer side has only been uh, beneficial for uh, this new emerging technical talent generation. Your early stage venture capital firm Ingressive invests in fintech companies like Aboki Africa and Payday Africa. They allow people to send and receive money. Do these startups create jobs? 
Um, yes, I can say uh, directly and indirectly. Some companies that we invest in actually work on the upskilling, the providing African nationals with access to international bank accounts and, and to make things easier so that they can be paid by international employers like we've invested in Aboki Africa and Payday recently, uh, Payday Africa. And so specific opportunities that make earning easier as well as wealth building easier, as well as technical talent. So Ingressive for Good, we have a nonprofit that trains about 100,000 people a year in technical skills. And of their graduating cohorts, their last one of 3,000 members had about 80% employment upon graduation. Wow. So what do you think American investors, African investors, venture capitalists like yourself, and all the companies that you back, what can you do to ensure that startups actually create jobs? I mean, I would say one, uh, continue like there are companies like Talent QL, uh, which provide hiring, upskilling and placement opportunities. I would say uh, Andela and um, Moringa School, like there's a there's a number of different organizations across the continent, as well as in Nigeria, semicolon, um, et cetera. And on the nonprofit side, like Ingressive for Good, specifically focuses on increasing the employability of African youth. And I would say donating. So supporting nonprofits like our own or the other ones that are in the ecosystem that, you know, we provide university scholarships, technical skills training, talent placement by laptops and data for African youth who want to learn. I would say backing these sort of fun foundational technical training programs, whether that's providing African nationals with international employment opportunities or with, with the ability to earn from foreign employers, etc., as well as different sort of placement solutions and increasingly sourcing talent locally. When you are you back an African tech company and you have the ability to help them source talent, refer them to a local recruiter as opposed to an international one. Those are really strong starting points. And if you just provide people with laptops and data and fund their ideas, they will scale, which means they will need to employ more people. So inherently in the nature of building the tech ecosystem, backing African tech, you will be leading to increased employment of African youth. The next guest is self-made Malian businessman Samba Batili. He's launched ventures in over 18 African countries, including Akon Lighting Africa, a renewable energy initiative I worked on with Samba and the American Senegalese hip-hop artist Akon. You probably know who Akon is. Anyway, Samba's a busy man, so I got straight to the point. Can we rely on tech startups to create jobs? Tech startup could be part of the solution. You know, the principle of startup out of 1,000, maybe 10 are successful. But uh, one need to understand today, uh, startups are bringing innovation. And uh, innovation, we should focus them to solve the African problem. What is our major uh, problem? It's feeding the continent because you cannot do anything uh, when you are hungry. So my thinking is that uh, we need to push those innovators to solve the problem of our agriculture. Because if you take the rest of the continent, Europe and America, they force base their industrialization on agriculture from slavery time to now. So the challenge we have today is agriculture. The challenge we have today is health. The challenge we have today is energy, so on and so on. So we should focus those startups into that because innovators should be problem solver, period. 
How do we get young people interested in traditional industries like agriculture? I'll give you an example of myself. Two years ago, I was introduced uh, in Burkina Faso by a university professor who said to me, oh, Samba, since I know you're investing in a lot of youth, there's a young guy here who was uh, trained in Israel. He have a good technology of drone focused on agriculture. Uh, he's looking for 500,000 US dollars to go to the next phase. I say, no problem. He bring him to my hotel, we discuss. After a discussion, I invite him to come to visit me. He come and visit. I put him with my team. They talk. And after we decide to, to invest. And then today he developed this drone to spraying for the crops. Okay. And uh, we do last year 50 hectares where uh, we have like, uh, we train also 300 young operator, call them a drone operator, agriculture drone operator. We do that in partnership with the Minister of Agriculture of uh, Burkina Faso. What is teach us, you have more and more young that are interested by that because uh, young people like technology, they like innovation. So that's what I say will make agriculture more sexy. And in order to have a critical mass of youth in tech and innovation, we need to uplift our education system more to science and technology and mathematics. So that means that uh, public sector have a role to play in order to shift our education system. And then that will create the job of tomorrow. My third guest is from the public sector. Gabriel Curtis was Minister for Public-Private Partnerships in Guinea until the military coup on September 5th. He's now got a lot of time on his hands. So, Gabriel, are tech startups the answer to Africa's unemployment problem? I think we've all been following uh, the development of innovation and uh, tech startup and uh, unicorns. You do have a number of success stories, but they're still far uh, in between uh, uh, for a continent as wide and as uh, large as um, uh, the African continent. For the time being, it still is very nascent. For a country such as Guinea, it is still very nascent uh, and it's not providing uh, meaningful job creation. That say, uh, it can actually lead to a lot of employment because it, it can unleash a lot of uh, growth sectors. Uh, because tech sector can actually fill in a lot of the void that, that we have uh, on the continent, and, and that's uh, that's I think is something that can be that can provide a lot of opportunities. But can we really leapfrog all these gaps in finance, health, agriculture, and energy? Will startups ever succeed without government investment in infrastructure? No, I don't think they they can grow. Uh, it's not only um, this sector; it's uh, a lot of sectors. Like the same, the same goes for industry. The the, the same goes uh, for for health uh, or, or for education. You need, like in everything else, you need uh, government support. Startups are facing an uphill battle. For one, you need enough educated people and very well trained people to be able to uh, create and to have all the skill sets that are required. But you also need the basics, electricity, connectivity, a place to work, an enabling legal environment, 
an administration that understands the importance of the tech sector. So you need um, uh, a number of initiatives and policies and uh, basics uh, that only the government can provide because the private sector on its own will not be able to do that. And how can we get these types of tech startups to contribute back? I mean, in terms of being in a position to pay taxes or create employment, specifically for the youth in Africa. We ought to give the tech sector a break to, to thrive first. So basically, we shouldn't over-regulate it. Um, there should be support to help them grow. There should be um, good policies that are going to benefit the tech sector, provide real opportunities for them, help, help them gain strength, uh, provide a market. So uh, the, the state can actually provide an enabling environment to make sure that uh, the laws and regulations are such that uh, a startup can actually thrive, that they don't have to pay taxes for three, three years. They can have a, either tax abatement uh, or a tax holiday. If they need material or equipment, that those equipment can come in uh, duty-free. So they really, really need to think outside the box and be flexible, have flexible laws. And uh, it is also important uh, when I speak from the point of view of the pr- public sector is that people in the public sector, the, the bureaucrats, uh, the civil servants need to be sensitized on the importance of tech sector and uh, in the indispensable role that that sector is playing and will play an even more important role in the future. We're not looking for simple answers on this podcast. We believe Africa's potential is limitless, and so are the solutions to challenges we face. Our contributors all had a slightly different perspective. I loved how Maya was really positive, how she argued tech startups and their innovations are creating jobs indirectly, even if the startups themselves are not employing huge numbers of people. All three guests were clear on the fact that governments need to step up. But the real takeaway for me was the importance of training young people in science and technology. If tech startups get the proper support, they will create jobs in the future. And when they start hiring, we need to make sure young Africans have the skills to take up those jobs. Thanks for listening. To find out more, visit www.trueafrica.co slash limitless or follow True Africa on Facebook and Twitter. Tell us what you think using the hashtag LimitlessAfrica. You've been listening to Limitless. I'm Claude Grinitsky. The Limitless podcast is a production of True Africa. This podcast is made possible with a grant from the U.S. Department of State and the Scenefire Foundation.